Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Inside Access with Jason Lockonfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 105.7 The Fan. I mean, it just felt a lot better if we won the ball game. You know, at the end of the day, you know, um, you know, I mean, I had a lot of success here and had a lot of fun here. But you know, I mean, I'm trying to stay in the moment, stay present. You know, this will always be part of my history. But you know, um, you know, this team where we are right now is the Baltimore Raven. You know, I feel like we left one off the hook. And um, you know, I mean, you just got to find a way to you know win these tough ball games. You know, what I mean. But the big thing is uh, 24 hour rule. You know, find a way to improve and get better. You know, good teams don't lose two in a row. So you know, I mean. You know, it's, it's football. You know, it's on the road. Uh, it's a team that's scrappy. So, you know, it's never going to be easy. And, uh, you know, we felt like we had a chance, but we didn't get it done. But to me, that's all that matters right now is just trying to figure out how we're going to prove, bounce back, and get a win next week. It's Calais Campbell after the game Sunday. Calais Campbell had a sack and three quarterback hits. Quietly, I, I feel like he's having his best season as a Raven. His sack, 99th of his career. Obviously, he talked last week about the goal of getting 100 career sacks. That seems more and more likely. And, and Jason, I guess finally less is more with Calais Campbell. Yeah, I think less is more. And I think that he he is having his best season here. And I think undoubtedly, even if you want to kind of Say all right. Well, let let's let this whole thing play out before we make those kind of determinations. We could absolutely say he's given them their most bang for the buck, right? You look at what they paid him the first year, and then the restructure, and then what you know, and then that plays out, and then what they get him back for this year, and you look at that in comparison to the other interior defensive linemen they spent money on, Michael Pierce. Forgot he was even here. Yeah, it was Derek a fun Wolf few weeks. Wasn't even really here. Yeah, well, he was good in the, in the COVID year. Yeah, well, he held. He held years that ago. Yes, it's two years ago, GG. And you say, yeah, thank God they're getting what they're getting out of Calais Campbell, and, and I don't know, it was somewhere between the first and third biggest need on this team at the end of last season was interior defensive line, and. It's kind of interesting to me that it's become a strength of the team. I feel like the last two or three games, it's been an absolute strength. And it's happening in a way that we really wouldn't have predicted. Right around week six, week seven, I was high on the Matabike horse. I was riding it hard. I was off. He's a nice player. I don't know that he's ever going to be an impactful pass rusher. Right? Pierce has not played at all. It's Broderick Washington and Clay's Campbell. Broderick Washington. Those are the guys who yeah. keep stepping up. Yeah. 
Broderick had a sack. Sunday. Those are the guy, and, and Broderick's had a bunch of sacks, and he's had some pressures, and obviously they've been dominant against the run, especially since since like week three. I think they're averaging below three yards per carry. I mean, it's elite of elite, and those guys have a lot to do with that. Um, it's just sort of interesting to me how that collection of talent has kind of morphed. The kid from UConn, not a thing at all. Like if, I, yeah, if we would have said sure. this is one of the strengths of the team going into December, uh-huh. and who do you think's the biggest part of it? I think Travis Jones and Justin Matabike would have been the two names most mentioned, most talked about, right? Most prognosticated upon. They really haven't been much of a thing. Brent Urban's <laughs> been, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just an it's just a quirky development to me. Well, the biggest surprise with that group is the interior pass rush. And Calais Campbell came here, had 90 sacks, spoke about how important it was to get to 100 career sacks, and he had five and a half sacks in his first two years. He's got five and a half sacks already with six games to go. Just one more sack, he gets to 100. And the last interior guy to get five sacks was Haloti Nada. And even though Justin Matabike, for all his inconsistencies, and he didn't even register a stat against the uh, Panthers, he still has a career high in sacks at three and a half. It's the interior pass rush, which has been lacking for years in Baltimore, but they're getting that. And Broderick Washington is a very nice rotational piece. I think he's one of the more underrated players on the team. He's based on this year's performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, he's absolutely played his tail off this year. And, you know, there was a time where I think we thought of him as purely a rotational run stuffing kind of guy, and, and on the, you know reminded me with uh, Brandon Williams signing with Kansas City's practice squad yesterday. I think Broderick Washington is does more than that kind of guy. He's he's able to collapse the pocket a little bit. Brandon Williams was purely a run stuffer. Broderick Washington can push the pocket a little bit and can do some things. So he's become much more dynamic a player than I ever thought he was going to be. Yeah, I, I think he's been. Uh an unsung hero on this team and and someone whose quiet ascent has been a big part of certainly them again being elite run stuffing team and and generating pressure um in key moments this game will be interesting too of all the things that we can have fun um and poke fun at Russell Wilson on and we will and we will Gets a lot of balls knocked down at line of scrimmage. Top hey, five in the league in fella. balls knocked down a line of scrimmage. This, to me, right, we've seen Calais put two impactful uh-huh. games together. Like, would anybody be surprised if Calais Campbell got a QB hit and maybe knocked the ball or two down at the line of scrimmage? Not, nice. not at all. And even Brent Urban uh, is in on that. He had the tip ball in the Saints game where um, Justin Houston came up with the interception that put the game on ice. And it's definitely a possibility there. And... To Broderick Washington again, the biggest issue with Calais Campbell's first two years is is playing way too much. Yes. And he played uh-huh. in the mid-70s percent of snaps all of last year. He's been consistently in the low 60s this year. And we talk a lot about the edge rusher position being less is more. Less is definitely more for Calais Campbell at 36 years old. Absolutely. Justin Houston, Calais Campbell, JPP. Like, that was the big problem. Remember, JPP's first game came in off the street 
and played what almost eighty percent of the snaps. Over. Yeah, you, you you need these guys. You need to manage their reps, and if you give them less, they'll give you more. By the way, one note from practice, according to reporters out there at practice today, Kyle Hamilton back on the field practicing with the Ravens. We'll see when the injury report comes out. Did he practice in full? Did he practice limited? But that bodes well. The fact that I I thought for what it's worth, I thought the fact that he traveled and then was out on the mm-hmm. field pregame kind of it, it it bode well for his return sooner rather than later. Wouldn't yeah, you agree? No, absolutely. The, yes. Yeah. The fact that he was a pa- part of their traveling party definitely was a positive indicator. Huge Wednesday show. I almost called it Tuesday. Yesterday we were at the FanDuel Sportsbook, but it is a Wednesday now. And Jason, if you hear a little extra hop in a step, the U.S. has made it to the knockout round of the World Cup. I have not seen Jason this happy in, in years. Really? I'm teasing. Yeah, but you, say, I... you do love US, U.S. soccer, though. It's one of the few things that you really are passionate about sports-wise. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I don't know you doing. I, I guess no, but like you don't like for for example, I'm like a Ravens fan. You're not a you're no. numb to the NFL because you covered it. Yes, and I still do. Yeah, yeah, you cut. Yeah, excuse me, you cover it. Uh, but USA Soccer, like you had the jersey on and the yes. hat yesterday. Yeah, it's a that's a big deal. That's for a you. pure fan experience. Although yeah. I have covered World Cups, I never covered the U.S. in a World Cup. Yeah, they stopped um, that year. In 06? well, well, they didn't make it. Huh? No, when I was in Germany, they made it. No, I said you cover one, then they weren't, but you didn't see them. Right. I didn't cover any of their matches, yeah, but yeah. I watched all their matches yeah, yeah. from over there. Um, yeah. So, anywho, yes, I'm very excited that the U.S. advanced, and uh, we will talk more about that matchup with Holland as the oh, week goes on. The Netherlands. Hey, guess wise, our buddy Tim Murray is going to try to make you some money. He's from VCN. He'll join us at 3 30. Mark Viviano, sports director, WJZ Channel 13. We'll talk some Ravens with him at 4 30. And our weekly chat with Ray Rice at 5 o'clock. Big show, Bone. Big show. Big show, Bone. That's what they call him. Do we have uh, BFT, BFD tonight? We do. Full-blown? Yes. Full no blown. coaches shows? No nothing? No. no and coach. because our buddy Cordell is waiting on the arrival of baby boy Jackson, Jackson yes. you, you don't have him to oh, carry, carry you across uh, the finish line. You can't <laughs> lean on Cordell anymore. You got to let that man raise his child hey, now, Bone, and do your show hey, on your own. Well, fear not. T- <laughs> tomorrow, we're extra blown. I think Thursday is moving forward. Hey, one other Ravens note. Ronnie Stanley returned to practice today as well. Okay. That's big. That's yeah, big. So Stanley and Hamilton practicing today. Hey, coming up next, though, Ravens. Where are they scoring TDs, giving up TDs? We take a look because it it sort of gives us an idea of who they are. Net touchdowns next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Inside the warehouse and inside the castle. Inside Access with Jason LaConfora and Ken Wyman. 1057 The Fan. Look good in practice. Look good in the game. Like I said, we had opportunities. Sometimes we just didn't hit. You know, we hit one late in the game, went up, but still I feel like we scored early. Game looked different. You know, the team won't have confidence. You know, they got confidence. And shout out to Trevor Lawrence because he paid his butt off. You know, he went off. That's just what it was. Lamar Jackson, the most frustrated I've ever heard him in a post-game press conference, and he's lost some big games, that Tennessee game a couple years ago, man, but he seemed more frustrated Sunday, talking about not being able to score in the red zone. Just for people tuning in, 
few notes at Ravens practice. J.K. Dobbins is expected on the field. Ronnie Stanley, Kyle Hamilton also back on the practice field. But Jason, you did a deep dive. Well, it's on- not a deep dive. Oh, I, I, I like to give you credit. But it's, it's. I literally just go to the standings at NFL GSIS. Yeah, it's right there. No, don't. It's, it's not. A, it's not a deep. I, when it's a deep dive, I have no problem taking credit I, I for want, the work. I want the people to think that you've done a lot. This of isn't work even here. a mediocre it's, dive. It's not even a dive. Is it a shallow dive? Yes, it's a shallow. It's a very shallow. Jason, you did a shallow dive. I I waded into a hot tub. You never (laughs) want to dive into the shallow end. Yeah, that's no. Or a hot tub. Yeah, yeah, you'll get hurt. Don't dive into man's tub. It's kind of similar to when (laughs) man's. It's kind of similar to when Ken says you did a sit down, but really it's a stand stand up. up. Uh, It's a thirty-five second stand up. I try to make it sound more important. I I mean, honestly, by GG standards, this is a deep dive. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Let's just. Hey, it's it's just. Look, we talked about this metric last year, and it interests me. And I hadn't really looked at it all season, and now we're two-thirds of the year through. So I'm like, let's look at this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like the net yardage, right? The difference between yards allowed and yards produced. Yes. Um, we think about net points a lot. We don't always talk about net touchdowns. But to me, especially this time of year, and especially for a team like the Ravens, that all of a sudden red zone offense has become an acute problem, I kind of feel like it can be a little bit telling about who's legit and who's not, right? Because there's a lot of variance in field goals. The Ravens have an elite kicker. There's probably, I don't know, 18 GMs who wish they had a better kicker, right? And there's another 8 to 10 who are relatively happy, yeah. right? They're the wind, the field wind, and there are different conditions that can affect a lot of that stuff. But, like, who gives up touchdowns and who scores touchdowns? I feel like that's a pretty good indicator of who's truly legit. For what it's worth, these are the NFL league leaders in net touchdowns. Philadelphia and Dallas, both plus 14. They've scored 14 more touchdowns than they've allowed. Take a wild guess who you think the number three team in the NFL and net touchdowns might be. I'll give you a hint. It's an AFC team. Uh I'll give you another hint. It ain't the Ravens. Chiefs? That's where I would go. Nope. But their defense isn't that great. Chiefs are plus 11. Cincinnati Bengals. Plus 13. Third best net touchdown differential in football. Then come the Chiefs at plus 11. They're tied with Buffalo. 49ers at plus 9. And then I, I found this rather interesting as well. The next two best teams in net touchdowns are the Baltimore Ravens and the New York Football Jets at plus 4. Wow. That's pretty shocking. Right? It's kind of interesting. Miami and New England are both at plus three. You would have thought Miami's higher. Right? At least I would have. But it's sort of an indication of the defense really, yeah. like, the defense really ain't what they thought it was going to be, what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and then at plus three, it's Minnesota uh, and uh, and uh, Miami. Mm. I will say this, heading into the Jacksonville game. The Ra- I'm sorry, New- and New England and Miami. Yeah, H- Heading into the Jacksonville game, the Ravens' defense was actually 10th in points. Now it's fallen to 12th after giving up 28, but they don't give up many points, and it's not like they're cashing in in the red zone. And I was looking at the numbers this morning. So weeks one through three. 80% red zone efficiency yes. for the Ravens. They were fourth in football. Remember, they went five for five in Foxborough. Yeah, That's so an outline. It inflates, yeah. it. it inflates it. But from week four on, 42.2%. They're only ahead of two teams, the Patriots and the Broncos, who were dead last. The Broncos red zone. I mean, we remember, they started week one against Seattle where they couldn't come up with a positive play in the red zone 
um, Russ's revenge game in week one, and it's it's continued all season long. But it's startling because you look at 19, 20, and 21, the three years where Lamar was the full-time starter. They're in the 60% range. Yes. All three of those years, and now they sit at 51.1. That's a significant drop-off. And when you have a Lamar Jackson, he's like the ultimate red zone weapon, right? Because you can do so much with him, and yet they're still not cashing. Well, T-Bone, you weren't here yesterday when when Jason and I were talking about this. I I did bring up that Dan Orlovsky, he was doing a film study on the Ravens, and he tweeted their spacing in the red zone is awful. He just said that it just it's awful. Well, doing the show with Vinny yesterday, he had the all twenty two up, and there were multiple plays in that game in the red zone where Jacksonville dropped seven in coverage. Ravens only sent three receivers out. Yeah. I'm not great at math, but seven is greater than three, and uh, you don't necessarily have, you know, a high percentage of succeeding. Well, and those situation. are instances where you'd really like to activate the quarterback, but because the Things are confined, condensed. condensed, and squeezed in the red zone. Um, it becomes a little bit trickier. Uh, for what it's worth, Denver's net touchdown differential is only minus two, which is really for a team that scores fourteen points a game. It tells you how good that how hard it is to score touchdowns on this defense. They're only minus two, and I found this very interesting as well. So in the AFC, again, it's Cincinnati's first and third overall, plus thirteen. Kansas City and Buffalo plus eleven. Ravens and Jets plus four, Dolphins and uh, Patriots plus three. The only other plus teams, Jacksonville and Tennessee, and they're both plus one, mm-hmm. which, I mean, one's what, four and seven, the other's seven and four. It does kind of show you, like, Tennessee's overall points margin is only plus four. You know, Jacksonville's got a better scoring differential. Then Tennessee, Jacksonville's plus twelve. That's because it seems like Tennessee just plays every single team close. Yeah, they went thirteen to two. They went thirteen to ten every week. But the fact that those two have identical net touchdowns kind of interesting. It is a fascinating study. The Ravens are actually a little better than I thought they were going to be, Jason. I, I, I thought they'd be closer to even or negative the way this thing has kind of gone. Especially when they they give up. They've had so many meltdowns for now where they've given up leads. Well, you know, I think some of those big scoring totals early are still booing buoying them. Ravens overall net points is plus 48. So the Ravens are only six points plus fewer than Cincinnati, but the touchdown differential is nine different, well, think 13 about to it. four. Think about it. They scored 38 against Miami, 37 against New England. Right, yeah. They haven't cracked 30 points since. Yeah. Coming up next here on the program, this is always fun. Pre-TMI, P-R-E-T-M-I. I thought it was us. I had, one, I had LaCroix working <laughs> right, overtime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor Joe. Yeah, but it is. The, it easy next week. It's the youngins asking us some pop culture questions in their wheelhouse. See if us old guys know it. That's next here on The Fan. Inside Access. It's not just a radio show. This is your Inside Access to the facts that others ignore. Jason LaCanfora and Ken Wyman. 1057 The Fan Yes, you know what that music means. It's time for PRE TMI. If you're new to the game, basically how this started is Jason and I 
would give T-Bone sports and pop culture questions from our youth, the 80s, maybe early 90s, and see how much young T-Bone knew. Well, then they turned the tables on us as T-Bone with some flip help. Flip the script. Yeah, fl- yeah, flip the script with some help from Stoney Ballone sometimes. Now they, they do stuff from their wheelhouse and see if we know it. Let's start with another one-hit wonder. Ken got me going a couple weeks ago doing a one-hit wonder. What bang? Uh, what band? <laughs> what band sang the song 1985? Oh, I think I know this. Click five. No. The streets. No. Bowling for soup. That's the one. Bowling for soup. Got it. Yeah. It's got Springsteen in it. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> Springsteen, Madonna, way before Nirvana. Yeah, this ex- is one of the worst wannabe quasi ska bands in the history of the world. Ex- I like this song. Yeah, not exactly a one hit wonder. They have a couple other songs, I, but do you know they sing the the theme song to Phineas and Ferb? Do they? Yes. I don't know that show, so I know uh, that show. Yeah, I was about to say I that's know, right. That's up our generation. But yeah. yeah, that's right up. No, yeah, but I got Jason's kids. Springsteen, yeah. Nirvana, Madonna, way before Nirvana. There was U two and. Blondie. Blondie. And music still on MTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that song. I like that song. What was Toonami? What was... Toonami? Toonami. Can you spell it? Toonami. I'm not going to spell it. Toonami. I'm not going to spell it. It's my it's my question, damn it. Is it too nami? You're not gonna spell I'm it. I'm not gonna smell it. It's like the uh when this in the in the spelling contest when they ask for the definition well, or whatever. News- Nobody ever says I'm not gonna give it to uh, you. Newsflash- is it from is it Latin origin or is it French origin? Time out. In his defense, this isn't a spelling. <laughs> <That's thing. laughs> I know, exactly but I'm just saying I, like I, I feel like you always can spell yeah. it. Why can't you spell I, it? Maybe it's a key to what it is. I mean A it's unfair. A Nickelodeon cartoon block. Toonami. Toonami. B Cartoon Network cartoon uh, block. Uh huh. C a Disney cartoon. Oh my block. God! What's well, a cartoon block? D a handheld gaming device with famous cartoon characters on it. Toonami. I have no idea. So wait, it's Disney. It's Disney, Nickelodeon. Who was the other one? Cartoon Network. Do you remember? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say cart. I'll say Cartoon Network. I'll, I'll ride with him. Damn. Here at the Adult Swim version of Toonami, sometimes we miss being able to work with really great kid shows. It's the nature of the job. Sure, but even so, this time we couldn't resist making a little something for the upcoming Steven Universe movie. Steven Universe, the movie. Only this on is Cartoon like a Network. relaunch of Toonami. Toonami. Growing up, uh, it was like right after you got home from school, it had like this weird like alien guy, and he's like on. Basically, they're just playing a bunch of like anime shows, like Dragon Ball Z. Man, that was that was yeah. my show growing up. Did anime exist when you guys were growing up? Sure, uh, I don't think it was nearly yeah. as big, but yeah. it's like like yeah. TV shows. I never cared about it. Um, yeah, I think there were derivations of. I mean, I don't know. Like, yes, definitely. Can I get the definition of deriv derivations? Derivations, various sort of iterations. Yeah. Yes, like. Yeah. There would be maybe I don't know if there were yes, I'm sure there yes, there, there have been various forms of anime cartoon yeah. shows that obviously emanated in Japan and reached the shores of the US for generations. Was so like I used to like the one cartoon network uh they had like the fake talk show with the superhero and like the weird like squid guy Space, Space Ghost? Ghost. Yeah. That was some good stuff. Yeah, I like Space Ghost. And he'd get like le- legitimate celebrities yeah, on there and yeah. he'd just bust their balls with yeah. a sidekick. Space Ghost was good. Space Ghost was good, did but you, that's probably not even what you're I was referring to. Say, did you watch Cartoon Network? You were like hip? for that show. Yeah. 
Yeah. That, but that was like Adult Swim. That would yeah. come on like 11 o'clock uh, at night adult or something swim. like that. Adult Swim was great. I remember growing up and I'm like eight years old trying to like sneak downstairs, watch Adult watch Swim. Adult, well, I, yeah, was, yeah. I was sneaking downstairs then, trying to watch something else. It was cartoons. <laughs> but anyhow. anyhow. And then my, but I digress. My parents would come down and I'd flip the channel. Oh my God, you're watching... Yeah. What would what would the worst? It has some cussing in it or something. Uh, like Robot Chicken was pretty bad. I liked Robot Chicken. Robot, Robot Chicken, Chicken was never hilarious, heard of that. man. Yeah, it was uh, good. They were like fifteen minute things. Yeah, it was good. Family Guy. You know, I love. Oh family. yeah, yeah. I, I still like Family Guy. Yeah. What Nintendo home game console immediately followed the N sixty four? Dreamcast. Genesis. Some, some kind of cube. Genesis. Sega. That's Sega. GameCube. N64 Plus. GameCube. I'm going GameCube. Man, you guys are sweeping the board. Of 20 unexpected characters. I knew that before I even got there. Now that's a fight. That's before your kids got Rocco's really into, like, a Nintendo. And also, he's got a bunch of old gaming systems. I had a Sega Genesis. You did? Yeah. GameCube is probably, arguably, my favorite I think we console. have a GameCube in my house. Really? I'm Man. pretty sure. I think he got wow. one for Christmas a couple years ago. No, GameCube, and you heard that uh, commercial... Melee, Super Mario Smash Melee, one of the greatest games of all time. I've never heard. So of much fun. You should hang out with Rocco. You guys yeah. would do hey. that. Yeah. Dude, we would do that in college. Yeah. I still have a GameCube. I'm, I'm GameCube pretty sure house. we do too. Yeah. yeah. I would love Rocco's would love a good to. time. Hey, we'll make it happen. <laughs> what were <laughs> when you when you could get when you can get an audience yeah, with him these yeah, days. Yeah, 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 all of a sudden between yeah. managing the basketball team and juggling a couple of gals. Yeah. Oh, 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 really? A couple? No, nah, I'm kidding. I don't think you are. I'm totally kidding. Oh. Yeah, he don't know. What were Bionicles? <laughs> what were Bionicles? Bionicle. A Lego toy. A Yu-Gi-Oh! monster game. What? An arcade game. Or a Pokemon game. Uh. Bionicles. I guess you won't spell it for me. No. <laughs> you guys are three for three. You Bionicles. don't need Bionicles. What are the clues? I mean, the I, I, I'm going to go Lego oriented on this. Really? I'm I, on a heater. He is on, I'm riding with him. He's unbelievable this week. Six so. heroes, one destiny. You can discover their skills, unlock their powers, and join their quest. Was this big in the UK? Big here. Got a can you British find the power? Sounds cool. Each set sold separately. Yeah, it was like a Lego toy. They had it was so popular. They had like video games on the consoles on Game Boy. They made a movie out of it. I never this heard of any. Vaguely of it. on the periphery. Yeah, because you have kids. That was yeah. like early two thousands. Early two thousands when that happened. I think you guys are gonna sweep the board because now. Last is it really you guys or is it me? Well, let's give credit where well, credit's due. Let's be honest. You're In not, the past, he's you're, carried. You're not getting this question. This is, oh, okay. This is, this I got is, bowling for soup. Yeah, he did. That's true. You did. Yeah. This, this I would have gotten that one. Yeah. This is a movie question, and that's that's Ken. We'll house. see. Mm. I'm full of surprises these days. Yes. What was the highest grossing movie of the 2000s? Not 2010s. 2000s. Yeah. See, these are kind of tough. All four of these are in the top four, by the way. Thanks for making it easy. Yeah. A, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Okay. B, Avatar. Uh huh. C, The Dark Knight. Uh huh. D, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. I think it's Avatar. Well, which of these do you think he would like the most? I, because I think that's, I just remember the, that's where the, the, that's where the meat movie. is on this bone. I yeah. don't think he picks this question unless 
the right answer is something that's right up his alley. Uh, well, that's every, my read on didn't it. Didn't everybody love Avatar? I didn't see it. What I was the first? What was it. the first one? Lord of the Rings. So that was that the would have been my. I think camp. Dark Knight because okay. I think that's what he would like. Okay, I'm going to go Avatar. It was Avatar. Avatar. So you experience it again. <laughs> but collectively, no, you were right. Avatar. I know it was. I don't know if it still is. It was, it the, was the highest grossing, grossing movie of all time. All time. Yeah. Yeah. Not just really. The two, not just the 2000s. Yeah. And now they're coming out with a second the, the Avatar. The Way of Water. Yeah, second yeah, I'll Avatar. Pass on that too. It That's a hard out, pass. It came out in 09. I saw it in the theater. Yeah. I, it was a date. I don't remember the movie at all. Do you, I remember, do you remember the gal? It, I sort of. <laughs> it was a groundbreaking movie for like all the CGI mm-hmm. associated with it. So just the payoff of the list. Lord of the Rings was second. Yeah, that's what that would have been my second guess. Pirates of the Caribbean third. Dark Knight was fourth, which surprised me because yeah. Dark Knight was massive. I'm pretty sure popular. that's that's the third Lord of the Rings. I'm pretty sure it won Best Picture. That I did not yeah. look up, but yeah. I would think. I mean, it was second best. While we're talking to the kids, Bone. I mean, by that I mean Ballone. Stony Balone. Any uh, dating update? Have, has has there been a second date? Oh boy, Jason, no second date. Did you send the follow up text, or you just let it go out into the abyss? We, I mean, we text a couple days post first date, and then it just died. And, Fizzled. Uh, <coughs> she stopped responding. So there oh, we are. Wow. We're yeah. we're no man's land there. That's ghost. A- Onward and upward. Oh, ghosted. Yep. That, that hurts. I'm gonna pour out a little Mountain Dew voodoo for that relationship yeah. that could have been. Uh, that's her loss. That's is what her I loss say. is right. That's all I got. Yeah. That's well, segment, is there right? any more? That's, the, that's no, it. No, that's it. Oh, that was that's five the for five. Group. Yeah. Five at the end. That wow. was the first time. Wow. Board. Swept the board. Oh, I'm going to ding Jason. He got the last one wrong. Okay. Oh, they did I'll better than I thought they five. would. Four yeah. five, still good. No, I thought two or th- two of three. I mean, a couple of those you guys did guess. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> I was pretty much on them before you even said it. Coming up next, Jason's had a time to digest yesterday's USA victory over Iran will get his thoughts on what he saw and preview the match Saturday against the Netherlands. That's next here on The Fan. Inside Access. From Field at Patterson Park. Pulisic! Patterson in the upper 90! To the hallowed turf at Wembley Stadium. Inside Access to the beautiful game. 1057 the fan. Well, it's interesting in in the uh the little intro there you heard Pulisic buried it. Well, he buried the only goal yesterday, scoring and then running into the goalie and hurting his abdomen and yeah. was in the hospital, but there's some cool pictures of him saying he'll be ready for Saturday. We'll see. We'll see. But uh US defeats Iran yesterday, one nothing. A lot of fun watching that game yesterday at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And now they await uh, the Netherlands on Saturday. But first, let's go back to yesterday. Yeah. And you've had time to digest it, and you are the much more sophisticated soccer head than I, or T-Bone for that matter. So your your thoughts on yesterday? Look, it was always going to be an ugly, hard-fought scenario. The, the, the soccer at this level, with that much on the line, um, usually doesn't lead itself to the most aesthetically pleasing um, you know, back and forth kind of uh, optimum viewing situation. It, it tends to be uh, staccato and and different sort of. It's almost like three matches in one. And and really, look, I I'm not a Greg Berhalter guy. I love the way they. I, I thought the first thirty minutes would be huge. And and would he 
press as much as he needed to? And would they establish a dominance in possession? And would he really activate those outside wingbacks, um, basically having them function as extra wingers and 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 extra outside midfielders? And and they did from the beginning. They took the game to Iran. The starting lineup I was mostly okay with, more okay than not. And the way that they approached the first half I thought was um, excellent. Should have had more than one goal. I, 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 they still can't get anything going on set pieces, corners and and free kicks, which which they, is a problem. And they seem to overthink some of their opportunities too. Well, look, I, I, as as huge as that goal was by Christian Pulisic, there were a lot of moments, and I, I went and rewatched the match last night. And there was nothing. I mean, the Maryland, Maryland game was on, and I, mm. which I did watch, but then I rewatched the Maryland, the the match. Like he was trying to do a little too much. He he was one extra touch here, one extra touch there, waiting half a touch before you delivered the pass. If you were going to beat a bunker like that, you either needed to have a legitimate number nine, which is a true target forward, technically, or, or you know, ideally someone with size who can win aerially, who also can hold the ball up with his feet and kind of be like a power forward. They don't have that. So then you better beat them with 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 some really one-touch, incisive, quick passing, which you saw on the goal. And the goal featured Serginho Dest, one of these wingback outside defenders who I was talking about being activated almost as surrogate forwards, which he was. And it, Dest played an, an awesome match. Um, but I, I, I thought Pulisic overall, like, I, I, huge moment, and that is trumps everything else, but, like, Again, I'll just say, like, do, do I think Gio Reyna in that role could have produced more? I, I actually kind of do. Is there a way to get Gio Reyna and Christian Pulisic on the pitch at the same time? Yeah, we saw it at numerous times in World Cup qualifying. Um, so that I'm going to put that aside. That That is what it is. Uh, they got the results. The second half, the substitutions blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Haji Wright coming in up top made no sense to me. Um, taking Tim, Timmy Weah off as early as he did with all the trouble he was giving them, running through channels, his speed, his strength, that was crazy to me, especially if you're bringing on Haji right for him. Um, Shaq Moore entering the game at all blows my mind. Gio Reyna never getting in that game flat out blows my mind. I love Zimmerman coming in as the third center, central back. I told you before the game play. it was going to happen. You made a big play. And he had the big clearance off the, the um, whatever it was, 98th minute because they added 10 minutes because this tournament's bonkers. Um, but Holland's going to be a very different test, gentlemen. And, like, Wales didn't attack these guys. England seemed okay with the draw, and they didn't come out and throw tactics to the wind and try to attack. And Iran bunkered for 65 minutes and then got desperate at the end, but that was long balls and hopeful stuff. It wasn't creative buildup through the midfield. The Netherlands, this is not a great Dutch midfield by Dutch standards, but like they're all world-class players. And Holland's going to usually play three in the back, and they're going to activate multiple runners in the attack. And they're going to press the U.S. defensively in a way they haven't faced in this tournament and, and probably haven't really faced since, you know, a team like Canada in World Cup qualifying who gave them fits. And this is a better side than Canada. So I hope he sticks with Cameron Carter-Vickers in the back with Tim Ream. I'm a little worried about all the minutes Tim Ream has logged, but I love that center-back pairing. I like Zimmerman as a more of a of a reserve as a sub than than as a, a center back, especially because the defense is going to be tested and you need to be able to play the ball at your feet. And for me, Cameron Carter-Vickers is way better with the ball at his feet than Zimmerman. Um, 
The U.S. midfield has been amazing. Tyler Adams has been their best player for my money. Musa's been great. McKinney's been up and down, but more good than bad. He probably doesn't mess with that. I think he's got to mess with his three strikers, though. I think Way is going to start. I would love to see Gio Reyna yeah. up there in some capacity. We don't know about Polisic's fitness and and um, you know availability. This is a winnable match. I like this matchup more than Senegal. I think Senegal physically would have really presented some issues for us in the back. You mentioned Gio Reyna, and Taylor Twelman on ESPN this morning yeah. was basically baffled. It's inexplicable. He's played nine minutes. It's uh, inexplicable. The first three games. Why? <laughs> You're asking. I mean, because the, the coach doesn't like him. I mean. You know, why is John Anthony Brooks not on this roster? Why did he not see the light of day on a U.S. roster for five months? The coach doesn't like him. Um, yeah, it's it's bizarre. He has favorites. He plays favorites. And for Jordan Morris and Shaq Moore and Haji Wright to have played so many more minutes than Gio Reyna and, and Kellen Acosta, it blows my mind. Now, if Pulisic plays, is he going to take every free kick? That's got like they're going to have to sort that out in training. And frankly, he's going to miss some training. And and I really like Gio Reyna on set pieces, but you can't have a set piece from the sidelines when you're not on the you know, when you're sitting there in your trainers waiting mm-hmm. to see if he warms you up, let let alone put you in the game. Um, so I think that could be another element where, like, if they win this game, it's probably going to require a goal off a corner, a goal off a free kick. Um, and I do kind of think that these kids, and they're kids, they're young, that maybe the shackles are really off now, and they're kind of playing with house money, and the pressure's on the Dutch. You know, I, I do not rule out them winning this game whatsoever. U.S. takes on the Netherlands. Uh, that's Saturday at 10 a.m., so if you're looking for uh, when they play next, that is it. And, by the way, it's knockout stage, right? So they lose their dunk, this correct? This is it. Win or go home. Coming up next, uh, we sat down with John Angelos at the Cross Street Market a couple Fridays ago, but Jason then did a more in-depth interview with him one-on-one. We're going to hear some of that coming up next, including the future of the team and the Orioles spending. Maybe John gives Jason an idea of what kind of team they're going to be. You're going to find out next here on The Fan. Inside. Inside. Access with Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 